first major sporting event in Kansas City since the Big 12 tournament in March is set for Thursday. It's officially known as the Superstar Batteries 400 presented by O'Reilly Auto Parts, and the cup race will happen at Kansas Speedway. That's right, NASCAR's back. It was moved off its original date in late May, and the hope locally was the delay would allow the track to open its gates for fans, perhaps at least a percentage of fans, but that won't be the case for any of the races this weekend. There are five, starting with the cup race on Thursday, followed by the truck and ARCA races on Friday. On Saturday, there'll be another race in the truck series, followed by the Xfinity Series race. Why run the cup race first? Well, Thursday night puts the event in prime time on the NBC Sports Network. The Thursday start means a quick turnaround for the drivers who raced at Texas on Sunday. You'll hear coverage of the start and finish of that race serving as bumpers for our interview with Kansas Speedway President Pat Warren. It has been an incredibly busy few months for Warren as he navigated the stops and starts of the NASCAR restart. He tells us what's happening at the track, how there'll be some economic benefit to the race weekend, even without fans, and options for fans who had purchased tickets to any of the races. Pat and I talked on Friday. After a break, there's a bit more from the Chiefs' Chris Jones news conference that we didn't get to run on Monday. You'll hear General Manager Brett Veach talk about the defensive tackle market, and then Andy Reid will take us through the Chiefs' restart schedule. But first, here's how the beginning of Sunday's race in Texas sounded, followed by my conversation with Pat Warren. Texas Motor Speedway, you hear the crowd roaring. That is what these drivers have been waiting for. And fans, we're back to racing. Hey, Pat, I'm glad to have you on the show, and you are getting ready to uh, oversee probably the strangest race week in Kansas Speedway history. It's not what any of us wanted, but at least we're racing uh, on, on Thursday, starting Thursday, three days worth of, of racing at Kansas Speedway. Can you take us through um, the, uh, you know, the, the, the timeline here, um, you know, the race, uh, we were, looked like we we're going to have, we hope to have fans and then the race got moved and, and, and now we're, we, we are where we are just kind of take us through the, the, the evolution of, of the race and, and not having fans here. Well, you know, we worked very closely and we've been working closely, uh, primarily with unified government, um, because of the way the state of Kansas has, sort of, I'd say, res assigned responsibilities for events and reopening. Um, but we also stayed in close contact with KDHE and the governor's office because we wanted to be sure we were compliant with everything that was happening as it relates to the coronavirus and, and the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, and we thought uh, in June, you know, as cases were declining and things looked pretty good, that we were in pretty good shape to uh, to have fans, we were going to have a very limited number, about 20% of our capacity. So the most would have been 8,000 or about 10,000 in our grandstands. We think we would have probably had about eight because not everybody buys four tickets and you have to put them in four ticket blocks. And there's a bunch of complexity as it relates to ticketing and seating that you don't want to know about, but that's what happens. Um, right. And, uh, and then as we worked through the process and there was an uptick in cases, um, you know, we were all concerned about what that meant for, um, 
for trying to manage the event. And even though we've got really good, really strong protocols uh, for mask wearing and hand sanitizer and social distancing and everything else, um, we ultimately decided in conjunction with, with both the state and local officials that the best thing to do was to go forward with the race, but not have fans. Right. Um, so the race will happen on Thursday. The, the The Cup Series race will happen on Thursday. But after that, full week of, of racing activity, full weekend of racing activity with uh, trucks, Infinity, Arca. I mean, it's just the, the whole um, – the whole weekend. Why, uh, why race the cup series, uh, event on Thursday and, and not on the weekend? What I, I, I'm sure that's not your call, but why did NASCAR place it where it did? Uh, NBC wanted to have a Thursday night race. It was as simple as that. And so, uh, you know, we, we looked around our internally and I wasn't part of that process, but I was on the receiving end of it. Um, we looked around at the tracks and said, who can run a Thursday night race? Who's in a at the time, we didn't know fans, no fans, so we were looking for a track ideally in a metropolitan area so you didn't have a lot of travel distance and those kind of issues. Um, and we, I felt like our fans would support night racing. They have in the past, and our community has supported Thursday night football. And so, you know, to me, it was a very natural fit for us to go forward on a Thursday night event. Um, it was also just what fit within the television schedule and the existing broadcast windows. And so it was really a decision driven by TV, but we were, of course, supportive. Makes sense. Um, more more eyeballs on a on a Thursday night than on a weekend for for sure. So, hey, um, so no fans in the stands on uh, for next week. However, there will be people in town, um, and there won't be fans in town, or at least they could be in town, but they're not going to be spending money at the track or or dropping money into the local economy. But drivers will be here, and teams will be here, and. It's not as if it's a total loss of revenue for for this region. Uh, take us through what uh, what just having the the number of teams here will mean for Kansas City. Well, it's, I don't know the exact economic impact, but I would say it's going to be the equivalent of about a thousand person convention, um, you know, a three or four day convention, because that's really what it is. The industry when they come in, there's about a thousand people. Um, and some of those will be coming in and out, you know, so like the cup series people will be in and out. They'll be in probably Wednesday and they'll be out Thursday night. Um, but then you'll have the other series coming in and out. So it's not the thousand people won't be here the entire time, but they'll be in and out. We're operating under what, what I would call as a modified quarantine. That's what KDHE is calling it. Um, and so unlike a normal race weekend, when the industry would come in and shop and eat in our restaurants and those kind of things, they're really just going to go straight from, hotel to racetrack, maybe get carry out and back to hotel. Um, but you're still going to have the economic impact um, of having a thousand people visiting Kansas City that wouldn't be here otherwise. And so that's a positive thing. And I'm, I'm sure the hoteliers and, uh, you know, to a, probably to a lesser degree, the restaurants, because it's not a huge number for restaurants, but, you know, a thousand people filling hotel rooms can really make a difference, especially right now. Yeah, I'm going to say I don't work for a convention and visitors bureau, but that's it, no small thing having a thousand out of town visitors to to Kansas City. I, I don't know what other occasion will have brought people like that to town during the during the shutdown. And look, your event on starting on Thursday, the events of the weekend are the first major sporting events to uh, to be contested in Kansas City since the shutdown. Right? I mean the. 
Um, you know, we remember, we all remember in mid-March, the Big 12 tournament was here and, uh, and, and that shut down and there hasn't been anything in Kansas City since. Everything's been in a bubble, right? The, the MLS in Orlando and the NBA and the NHL are going to start off in, in bubble situations. Baseball actually starts the night after um, uh, yours, at least for the for the Royals, and they don't come home until the following le- week. So, the the event at uh, at Kansas Speedway, the events this uh, this coming weekend are are the first for Kansas City since the shutdown, and they will not be the last uh, in terms of auto racing. NASCAR will come back in October. I don't know, Pat. Fingers crossed, I guess, for for a better health scenario in October. Yeah, absolutely, and and not just for us. Obviously, you know, from a, a, I'll call it a purely selfish perspective, we hope things are better because it's it's better for our business. But I think more importantly for Kansas City and for the country, um, if the pandemic situation is in a in a better place at that point, um, that's better for everyone. You know, Governor Kelly just had to make the difficult decision to postpone the opening of schools in Kansas. You know, that process is working its way through. But all of those kinds of issues have, I mean, frankly, have such a much bigger impact on people's lives than whether we have fans at a race. And, and I'm not trying to diminish the impact of not having fans or how that feels to our fans, but I think it's, it's important to keep it in perspective. It's great that we're having the events. It's great that Kansas is welcoming to the events and understands that the protocols and procedures we have allow us to do this safely. Um, but what we want and what everyone wants is for the overall situation in the country and, and in the Midwest and Kansas City in particular and the state of Kansas to be in a place where we can safely hold events with fans, ideally the way we used to. Um, I think that's what everybody wants. And, you know, we're obviously not there now. I don't think we'll be at a place where we're running, I would say, business as usual in the fall, but hopefully we will have fans. Right. Hey, and Pat, I, I went on the website, uh, the KansasSpeedway.com site, and you guys have a really good informative uh, Q&A here on people who have already purchased tickets uh, for um, for the events. And I, and I know we talked about this a couple of months ago, but just kind of in a nutshell, what, what have you been telling fans uh, about uh, about ticket purchasing um, for the, for those that bought them for this race, you know, back in whenever they did, and uh, and then going forward, there are refunds available to them, correct? Yeah, that's correct. The, the, the short story is you can either get a full refund, um, or if you choose to, you can get a hundred and twenty percent of whatever you bought as a credit for future events. So if let's say you bought one one hundred dollar ticket, you can either get your hundred dollars back, or you can have a hundred and twenty dollars to apply to a future race or races, um, if that's what you choose. And, and we're seeing quite a few people actually choose the future events. And I think that's, you know, a reflection of optimism and hope that we're going to be in a better place fairly soon. Um, you know, a lot of people were disappointed that we weren't going to, uh, that we couldn't allow fans to attend. Um, but we are seeing some people, obviously, especially with the uptick in unemployment and other issues, uh, that are saying, you know, I really need a refund and, and we're trying to process those as fast as we can. Obviously, with the number of tracks we have around the country, um, you know, we're working through that as quickly as we can, but not as quickly as we'd like. Gotcha. Okay. And again, I will, and we'll post the, um, we'll post the website on our show notes here. Hey, and let's leave on a, on a final thought here, Pat, the, um, one, one thing that I think fans really enjoy when they come out to the, to the races is the sort of the pomp and pageantry of, mm-hmm. of an event, um, concerts, um, you know, just seeing who's going to sing the national anthem, flyovers, those types of things. 
any any of that available um, for for television purposes uh, on Thursday? We're still working through some of that. Um, we may have a flyover, um, and we've, we we had one lined up uh, with fans, and we're trying to coordinate. Some of the issue is that typically the Air Force, when there's a flyover, puts uh, airmen on pit road to coordinate coordinate the timing, um, and because of the NASCAR protocols. Um, it's only people related to competition that are on the infield. So we're trying to figure out, can we put them in turn one? Can we put them in turn four on the terraces? Will that work? Those kind of things. Um, I honestly don't know who's doing the anthem yet. Um, and you're asking me that question. <laughs> it's the first time I realized I don't know. Um, but uh, we're going to have some great uh, connections with the community for both the invocation and the command uh, for the drivers to start their engines. So it's going to be neat. All right. Well, hey, great luck, Pat, on uh, on all the uh, festivities coming up with uh, starting on Thursday with with the Cup Series race. Austin Dillon trying to get to that white flag. One more time around. One lap to go. Presented by Credit One Bank. At twenty-two and eighteen side by side. That's the best thing that can happen for Austin Dillon. No momentum comes from that eight, from that 18 or 22, pushing that eight car back up to the three. He wants to take away the draft from the rest of the crew, from everybody behind him. His son, Ace Bourne, about a month ago, he'll be cheering for dad. He's going to win in Texas. Austin Dillon gets the win. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. We're back, and we shift sports to football and the Chiefs, who met the media on Monday to talk about the Chris Jones long-term contract that was announced last week. That story was covered in our Monday episode, and you can access that show wherever you download the Sports Beat KC podcast. I wanted to close today's show by playing some of the audio we didn't get to, but I thought was interesting. Here's General Manager Brett Veach talking about the defensive tackle market and Chris Jones' versatility value, followed by Andy Reid laying out the early steps of training camp at the team facility. Hey, Brett. Um, first for you, uh, we've seen some some monster contracts for defensive tackles here in the last couple of years with Aaron Donald, obviously, Fletcher Cox. Um, is that a sign of just maybe the scarcity of like really elite interior pass rushers? Um, and then for Coach Reid, after that, if you could just maybe touch on uh, kind of what your plan for the week is with uh, rookies able to finally report today. 
Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It, I think it is um, uh, a result of the scarcity of the position. Uh, there's very few uh, all-around defense alignment that come out every year, um, you know, and, and everyone obviously puts a premium on, on pass rusher. So uh, it's it's a little bit easier to find some, some pluggers in the middle, um, some big body guys. But, you know, to find a guy like Chris Jones, it's, it's very hard to do. And, you know, when we were going through this exercise over the last few years and, and once we really, you know, we're dialing it down this, this off season. Um, if you are lucky enough to find someone that has the ability of Chris Jones, uh, you're going to be picking in the top five or top 10. Because these guys, you know, just, just don't fall. And, and um, very rare, I should say, um, that these guys fall. They're just hard to find. There's not a lot of them. And the ones that do get, get picked up rather quickly. So uh, we knew the talent we had in Chris and, and we knew how important he was for our, our success. So um, again, there was really no doubt in our mind that we were going to make, um, make this work with him and his agents. I cut out for a minute there. Who, who asked the question? Dave Scretta. Dave. Yep. Okay. Um, so I, I think I heard the question. So what, what's going on uh, now is, was a question with the rookies. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The plan for this week. Yeah. As reported. yeah. So Dave, I, Rick Burkholder and, and Mitch Reynolds have done a phenomenal job of setting everything up uh, for, um, to try to be COVID safe. And, the best we possibly can. So that's where we start. We're starting with a couple of days of testing uh, for the players. They do back-to-back tests. And then uh, they'll actually, uh, from there, uh, work their physical, get their equipment, and then head with Ted to do whatever media obligations they potentially have. And there are a couple of days for that. That, that. that takes you into four days here. And then, um, and then there's a point where we're going to be able to have the guys lift and and meet with them and, and, and do a potential walkthrough with them. So um, that, that's kind of how that, that sets up. And that goes for an extended period of time. Now, the league and, and uh, the union are still working through a few things, but we're, uh, Bill O'Brien with the Texans and, and uh, the Chiefs were, were starting it off and kind of working through it and, and uh, working through the formats that have been given to us. But uh, listen, I've I just, uh, the setup, when you guys see the setup, um, if you have an opportunity to do that, I mean, it's phenomenal. We're going to do everything out of the stadium. The the way they've set it up, I mean, we, we could have a ton of people social distance more than we have with our football team, um, and they've, they've done that. They've got it all set up with monitors and everything else, and they've got uh, each meeting room is set up. They've split the uh, Arrowhead Stadium in half, so one half the defense is on one side, the offense is on the other side. And it, I mean, it's 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 really it was something. I mean, it was really something to to watch uh, form there. So, and then the testing, um, the guys uh, they're going to be tested often, so it's uh, it'll be good that way. And then it's just listen. There's a responsibility for coaches and players to make sure we handle ourselves right when we're away from it and. And, uh, you know, we're still going to keep social, as much social distancing when we can. Um, and that's uh, obviously it's a contact sport. So but we're going to keep it when we're not in contact. We're, <laughs> we're going to keep our social distance. When we're not playing and, and we're going to and we have all that set up and we're going to have our masks uh, set up and and do all the things that, and wash our hands, do all those, those fundamental things. We're going to stay on top of that. 
Andy, just as a quick follow, uh, Andy, when would you when do you expect if all goes well, you can be on the field for something resembling a practice for the first time? Yeah, we'll see on that, Adam. They're 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 working through that right now. So normally, what um, what they're what they're thinking right now is, and they're, again, they're working through this. But it'll be it'll be about eight days, which ends up being about ten with days off, um, where they're lifting and and uh, uh, you know once we get to that point, once we get through the first four here uh, with the physicals and the, this COVID testing, so. We get through that, and then there'll be about eight days, which equals ten with the days off of lifting and meetings and and uh, potential walkthroughs. So, and then we'll just take it from there. They're, they'll have another part of a ramp up. They'll last a little bit over a week, I think, uh, where you might be able to put um, pat these padded shirts they have now. That's part of the new CBA. You kind of get into the new CBA rules, except it'd be extended a little bit. So that's what we know. At this point, it, it seems like a pretty solid plan to allow the guys to ramp up and and uh, and get themselves where they need need to be. I think these guys have been working out and working change of direction and, and restriction with the bands that they have and um, the, the giant rubber bands that they use uh, to to work some restriction and tugs and pulls and all that. So they they won't they'll, they'll keep themselves you know as much injury free as they can coming into camp, but. Again, we'll give them a good ramp-up, too. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Savannah Smith, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. Links to stories about the races at Kansas Speedway this week can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer. It still stands and still a good one. 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage, and that includes the Sports Extra that comes with the E-Edition. There are more than 20 additional pages of national sports coverage today. Here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports, news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented teammates, plus extra news, sports, and business coverage. The details can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That's account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Wednesday with a new episode.